0: Hi, my name is Pete Scazzaro. I want to welcome you today to the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. Great to be with you. And the title of today's message is, When God's Work Feels Too Small and Slow. When God's Work Feels Too Small and Slow. And so we are are in the midst of Advent, and the COVID-19 pandemic continues to rage globally and uh, we are months away from any kind of end to this disruption and the world has changed as we know it uh, and the church has changed as well and no one quite knows what things will look like for us and especially as a church of Jesus Christ 6 months from now a year from now 5 years from now 10 years from now but the closing of churches in particular uh, on a global scale has been uh, not just unprecedented but it's been a shaking uh, of the church and so uh, the verse i want to share with you uh, today as kind of a uh, a theme is from John 126 where John the Baptist, in the midst of the crowds, uh, he says to the people, and he says this, among you stands one you do not know. Among you san- stands one you do not know. And so I, the invitation uh, for us today is I, I want to invite you to, to trust him, to not worry, to not strive or manipulate. And God's very much on track. He's got a grip and we can relax. And there's an invitation from God for us. And Uh, You know, just as God invaded human history uh, in the first Christmas uh, in the person of Jesus and as, as Athanasius, the bishop of Alexandria, Egypt said in the fourth century, he says, all of human history turns on the transition of the incarnation that God became flesh in a small village of 100 to 300 people in Bethlehem and uh, there jesus was born uh, in a a small cave in a countryside or a stable a manger a dirty smelly dark place and god entered human history the eternal word became a real historical man a real human baby small and weak and he was no less god than before just that he became a man god assumed flesh and again it's the wonder and the majesty of the almighty of the universe didn't come as an invincible angel or a warrior as a king of a prime minister, uh, some kind of celebrity or Olympian, uh, no one ever expected God to come this way. But the kingdom of God came as a seed, and most people missed him, did not see him. And that's when John says so wonderfully, and, uh, you know, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. And uh, this is the way the work, God's work comes. It, it's small, it's slow, it's a seed. And we still miss him today. The 12 disciples who gave everything to follow him, they struggle to see the seed and understand it. And, and so I, I've been actually in uh, the Gospel of Mark in my own study uh, for a few months here and have really spent a good amount of time on Mark 4, on Jesus as he begins to expound the kingdom of God as a seed. And it's such a wonderful text and it's taken me to just a new arena and that's all I want to share with you today. And when uh, I mean, God's work feels too small and slow like it, is, it does feel today. And Jesus says that he begins by saying, you know, the kingdom of God breaks into the world like a seed uh, is, is sown on the ground. And he gives the example of four soils. So we're in the seed. And uh, it's so interesting because only one soil, one of the soils, the good soil, actually receives the, uh, the seed of the kingdom. Uh, It's so vulnerable, right? It's so vulnerable to people's responses. And and then he talks about this kingdom comes like a man who scatters seed on the ground and Uh, day and night he sleeps but then all by itself the seed just sprouts and grows he knows not how and so all by itself the seed has this power to it and we don't know how it even works it's mysterious and then he compares that the kingdom of god to to a mustard seed the smallest of all seeds and then at least in the ancient middle east it was considered that but then it explodes into something large and this is such an important word this a word of seed because of the season in particular in which we find ourselves and jesus is, is addressing uh His disciples and his followers who are uh, doubting, who are discouraged, and they're expecting God to come in a way that's massively big and powerful and far-reaching and revolutionary uh, and moves along quickly. Uh, But it's not. It's small and slow. It's tiny. Uh, It remarkably, Jesus says, it will cover the whole earth. It will shelter the whole world. Uh, This breaking into history, um, God says, I'm moving things forward. But uh, this kingdom is a seed, and and by its very nature, Jesus is saying my, my, my work in the world it's vulnerable uh, to to it just it comes in so uh, like a seed, and it can be trampled on, it can be strangled, it can be choked, and uh, it doesn't look like much. It appears first himself as it appears hidden. It'll be manifest one day, but and and by the world standard, it's it's weak. it's it seems insignificant. It's unnoticed. And ignored by the world. It appears defeated, a whole suffering and a cross. And, and and the point of Jesus is that the kingdom of God, his work is, it always is little. It's always seed-sized on this side of heaven. It's, it's a treasure in earthen vessel. In fact, the way God means it to always be little, yet the end will be large. In fact, nothing's going to stop it from uh, the earth being filled with his glory, the kingdom coming in all its fullness, the end will be glorious. It will surpass all the glories the world has ever known, uh, and the whole world will embrace it. But it's this smallness and the slowness. That's, it's so scandalous, and, and we just want to somehow supplement it, and it frustrates us. And we want to somehow make it bigger, or at least more attractive. But, but if you think with me for a moment, just God's work in the world has always been slow and small. Think of Abraham. Isaac and Jacob, Book of Genesis. I mean, talk about small. Uh, You have the whole earth there, but it's just Abraham and his family journeying five to seven hundred miles. You got Isaac and Jacob and all their ups and downs, and then you've got Joseph, uh, and then him being being God carries him off as a slave to Egypt. And again, God's working this big plan. But my goodness, talk about almost invisible. Uh, looking powerless, small and slow. Then he got Moses, right? They're 400 years in Egypt and slaves. Then Moses, at the age of 80, you know, gets his calling. And again, so, uh, so unusual, so counterintuitive, and uh, leading the people out of two to three million people out. And he's in the wilderness for 40 years, and yet God's working a plan to save the world. Man, it is small and slow. And then he got people like Gideon and his 300 against the 135,000 Midianites, again, small and slow. And David, the the, the last son of Jesse, and again, the least expected, and uh, again, small and slow initially. And then I think of Isaiah and Jeremiah. I think of Daniel. Again, no one listened to Jeremiah, uh, Isaiah for 50 years. And Jeremiah and Daniel were during exile and The country gets wiped out by the Babylonians, and it looks humiliating. Talk about looking small and slow. I think of Ezekiel and Habakkuk in the midst of, again, exile, and the Babylonians have have wiped out the temple, the very center of God's place of, of, of glory on earth, and it just looks terrible. And then, of course, you got John the Baptist. Even he is wondering, when he's in prison about to get his head cut off, you know, are you the one, Jesus? Because this doesn't look good. It looks and it feels small and slow. I mean, he again, he's going to have his head cut off uh, by Herod shortly thereafter. Uh, and in fact, even when Jesus ascends into heaven, uh, his kingdom on earth is very, very small. It, it's only a few, 120. I mean, it doesn't look like much. And In fact, the whole Bible ends with one of my favorite books, which is the book of Revelation, where it looks like uh, uh, during an enormous persecution of Domitian, uh, that the church of Asia Minor is going to get completely wiped out. Uh, and we think about the church being shut down in the pandemic. I mean, think, imagine a, a persecution where it looks like the church could actually be extinguished. And there have been a few times in history it almost looked like that. Uh, and God says, no, no, you don't get it. I'm on the throne. And I, I, I love the book of Revelation. It ends with this incredible vision of God says, no, no, the work may feel small. It may feel slow. But I want you to know something. I've got it. And uh, again, John the Baptist among you stands one whom you do not know it's a seed it's a very tough message to embrace and i I'll be honest, I've struggled with it my whole life. this idea of a the kingdom is like a seed uh a mustard seed, a seed that I don't understand how it's working, and all by itself it's growing, but it's I can't even barely see it and you know and i and I you know i twenty six years of being a lead pastor of of you know at at new life and then here just running emotionally at the discipleship the last eight years. And, you know, you just, you want something cool and beautiful and something that looks great and, you know, wows people. And But you in Jesus' ministry, the kingdom was always imperceptible and almost invisible. And we look smaller. COVID-19 has made us look smaller. Uh, and I, I think it, it's exposed something. It's exposed something very healthy for us in a sense of, so many pastors have told me I, I always felt good because the room was relatively full again whether you were 30 people uh, or a, a house church or or 100 or 200 or 500 or a mega church you know we kind of felt good there was a there was a crowd in the room there was good energy and we had a handle on things we had a, we could see people on a weekly basis and kind of touch them and and then in with covid that feeling of being successful or it's all working just got pulled out from us and it's clashed with our our feeling or definition of success and, uh, you know, we generally measure success like the world does, right? By ascending by bigger and better numbers and whether it's attendance or small groups and, you know, those serving in ministry. And we've got this kind of a feeling of if numbers are increasing and more people are participating, even if it's just a few, we feel great. If the numbers are decreasing, we feel despondent and we wonder and consider that maybe our efforts are a failure, uh, but success in, in Scripture, of course, is quite different because the kingdom is, is always little and it's a mustard seed. It can't be put in world's measurements. And But success in God's kingdom is we become that we become the persons that God's called us to become and we do what God's called us to do. And we do it in his way and according to his timetable. Uh, that's a very different definition of success. That's why the, the Scripture has all these greats that uh, men and women who were considered a great success, but would not be considered a great success by our standards today. But the problem is when we define success wrongly, our best energies go into directions that are uh, tend to be more towards big and visible and quick. Uh, we want we want to see a return on investment. And I've had more than one pastor say to me, "I, I seem, I fuck, like I'm not getting a return on my investment right now, especially in the pandemic." the ROI isn't working for me and I'm tempted to bail and I've heard some stats about numbers of pastors and leaders and other leaders just in churches that just want to bail uh, and we, we we get off track and so you know again what what's the invitation of this God if God's work is always little and small and coming in earth and vessels and appears insignificant and is slow and weak and often unnoticed and ignored by the world uh, and in some ways we can't dress it up anymore. And that's a great gift, uh, and and so a part of the invitation is 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 obviously we we want to be like John the Baptist, uh, and I think of I imagine the crowds of people thousands are flocking around him, and and Jesus is in the middle of that crowd, and they're all looking to John obviously as a I mean no one's appeared like him for almost four hundred years he's a first person in almost four hundred years that the most important person has ever appeared on Israel's soil in four hundred years here is. A prophet announcing the Messiah, and he says, among you stands one you cannot see. But John is is in loving union with the Father. He, he sees it. He recognizes uh, that Jesus may appear in that crowd as small. may not look like much, but it is he is God, and God is doing something here. In some way, we, we want to get ourselves in loving union. I think it's one of the most important things, our, the way we measure success right now, is we are walking in loving union with the Father uh, so we can see him. You know, little things and then and then that we make sure that we're investing in the work that is our core work which is which is making disciples which is investing in people uh even when it appears that there's such a small and slow return that's why it, for emotionally healthy discipleship and I've given my life and we've given ourselves at, at this ministry called emotionally discipleship to to help you do the small and slow work of investing in people which is always messy uh, in other words we're not just Walking into the nursery and spreading milk on the babies, which is kind of sermons and getting them, to, getting people to connect and serve and give, and we've got our our people there. It looks good, uh, we feel good, but we're actually uh, we're actually investing in people. We're 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 making disciples, and so our work has been taking the two thousand years of of history uh, and making them accessible to you. Uh, in, in a way to move forward in the 21st century to actually focus yourself on discipleship. And so I, I want to invite you to get yourself trained and go to our website, emotionallyhealthy.org slash lead. And uh, I want to invite you to get a hold of the Emotionally Healthy Discipleship course uh, and, and, and do it with your team, with a, a few other people. Consider a sample session. You can do it. Um, and uh, it's every Christian's work is to invest in someone else. And uh, I find that people want to take emotional discipleship and make it a program. It's not a program. It's a life of I'm um, giving myself to people and um, a way for you to exercise your talents and gifts uh, in a way that is people. So again, check out emotionallyhealthy.org slash team. Uh, I, I, again, it's the, it's the fruit of 25, 26 years of work uh, so that you can actually – invest yourself in people but remember the kingdom will always be a seed and so even as you exercise your talents and gifts and i exercise mine whatever they might be uh and you are incredible but we recognize it's a seed now think with me for a minute jesus did not look very powerful herod was building a massive temple it was one of the wonders of the world rome had amazing buildings and streets i mean we still have the runes today <sighs> Uh, Artemis had this massive temple in Ephesus, one of the wonders of the world. Athens had brilliant intellectuals. All of it was big and impressive. And yet here's Jesus. Uh, does, he's speaking in parables. Not He's not a great philosopher with the depth of Aristotle and Plato, apparently. But he's speaking in parables that an uneducated farmer who can't read uh, understands. But he's not worried about overwhelming people or convincing people of his intellect or his wisdom. Or his power, uh, he understands the kingdom is small and little. It's an invitation, and it's slow. Uh, and so, again, I, the te- great temptation for you and a great temptation for me is: I want to dress it up. I, you know, I want to buy more buildings, uh, get our numbers up. I want to get you know budget up. Uh, you know, political. I want to. I want political influence and power. Um, no one's going to step on us Christians and our values. Uh, signs and wonders, and again, I believe in all these miracles, and and again, what's the motive of my desire for signs and wonders is to show people, hey, I got it, you know, we got it, you better come to Jesus. Or, and again, I, we want to make money, we want to accumulate some wealth and resources, and sometimes it's about power, even getting into the best schools, and Jesus says, you don't get it, my kingdom is a mustard seed, it's a seed, it always has been, it always will. this side of heaven, and my, Jesus says, my power is made manifest in weakness and suffering, and, and Jesus chooses the seed. He, he appeared to be defeated. Um, he appeared to be a loser. I mean, Jesus, G- Judas quit because he said, I didn't sign up for this mustard seed. Um, and, and so Jesus' disciples, the very people he chose, were were small, in a sense. They weren't great. Uh, Jesus' ministry wasn't, in a sense, great by the world standards. I mean, thousands walked away from him. His impact wasn't great, at least... Uh, Initially, I mean, the, the small towns in which he concentrated his ministry, Capernaum, Bethsaida, and Chorazin, Nazareth, they rejected him. And and history you know, bears out. Of course, the defeat was only apparent, but we're looking back over thousands of years of history where the kingdoms of this world, we can see, will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever, revelation. But boy, oh boy, uh, it would take a lot of faith to see in Jesus of Nazareth uh in in the in the little and the slow work that he was involved in, this is God at work, but again, the invitation is among you stands one whom you do not see so let me let me let me extend a few invitations to you here today or a few applications of this little but incredibly powerful truth of God's kingdom being small and slow in a mustard seed first is this, that th- first is this that things are not as they appear. if you're like me, you often wonder, am I wasting my time? And you can apply this on all levels. You're, 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 you're sowing, hopefully, good seed. You're, you're doing right. You're investing in your marriage. or in healthy singleness and your friendships. You're parenting your children. You're being faithful and using your talents and gifts and time. You're building community. And, uh, and it seems like it's not doing anything. Uh, again, my ROI, return on investment, doesn't look very good. Uh, almost all of us are working harder. During COVID, and it appears to be less fruitful. And we hear about scandal and multiple scandals of church leaders, and people seem so slow, uh, stubborn, uh, wandering, and it just it just doesn't look good. And we like, I'm, if you say to yourself, I've had pastors say to me, it's like I'm in, and I compare. It, I say, we're, you're you're ministering and serving in Nineveh, uh, and like Jonah, you want to flee to Tarshish. You know, Nineveh is a place of sinners. It's a place all of us pastor and lead and serve. It's regular people with uh, who are hard and you know difficult and there's always limits of Nineveh. And, and so we want to run the other direction at some illusory place called Tarshish. Get on a ship like Joan and go the other direction because it must be easier somewhere else. Let me go get a job on the marketplace. Let me go find another ministry place. And I can't tell you how often I, I've said to myself, and I'm uh, working with someone who's really challenging, and I said, "What am I doing?" And uh, but no, God's doing t- seriously. God's doing a deep work in us uh, in this process. I believe the church as a whole in stripping us of illusions of the nature of God's kingdom in this world. Uh, it really is small. It really is slow. It really is a seed, and that we would actually see Him in those seeds, like John the Baptist. Among you stands one whom you do not see. Uh, I mean Jerry and I spent years, and we continue to, of investing in a few in our basement in our house. We don't do it in our house any longer, but very slow, difficult, and uh you know, groups of like, you know, 14 to 16 people. And and Jerry and I have often, you know, made a list of the folks that we had over the years in our basement. So it isn't it interesting that probably almost 50% did not respond over the long haul? I mean, at least to us anyway. And, and you, you wonder, right? And 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 and, you, uh, and and now as we continue to invest in pastors and leaders and churches around the world, and it, uh, it's just slow. And I, I think of China. You know, China, when China fell in 1949, and everyone thought this was a disaster. All the missionaries and all, all the non-Chinese had to leave, and it looked like the whole thing was crushed. And but again, things are not as they appear. When when that thing finally opened up decades later, it turned out the church had you know ten t- was ten times the size of what it was uh, before all the the bigness got crushed, uh, but God was doing something. And I again, I love the parable of Mark 4 when Jesus says about the seed, he, again, he's, he's expounding on this nature of this seed thing, and he goes, uh, the seed must follow its appointed course and timetable. And he goes, when we sleep, all by itself, the seed sprouts and grows. We know not how. The point is, we don't understand it the sovereign plan of God, the way he's working his kingdom and his seeds in and through churches, institutions, people, uh, networks. Uh, the way God works, things are just not as they appear. And and we get so discouraged about the ROI or, or what's happening here. And God says, no, 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 I want you to see what's happening around you. And it may feel small and slow, but I am very much at work around you. I mean, just a few weeks ago, I had one of those uh, painful moments uh, where I had uh, I, I'd, I'd fallen into one of my vulnerabilities and crossed a line, which was I uh, made a commitment, made some commitments without thinking through all the steps that were needed. And I, I violated my own limits, underestimated the time it would take. And as a result, when I do that, I get curt and uh, short uh, with the people closest to me. And in my case, it was Jerry. Uh, didn't listen to her, uh, hurt her, created some chaos around me with our little team here at Emotionally Healthy Discipleship, and uh, Jerry finally repeated, you know, shared with me what it was like to be with me, and my curtness and shortness with her, and and and, and it really re and again the kind of chaos I created around me and uh, rush because I made a, a a call a decision without really reflecting and pondering again before God and what kind of timetable it would take and it was a real it was a real revelation of my ugly side and uh you know god came to me it was very painful i mean here listen to everybody i teach this stuff i mean i write books on it and and i realized oh god you're you're keeping me weak uh your power is going to be made perfect in weakness and i had to do uh, you know repenting and do some repair work and Earn some trust back. and But I just, I, and I, I would say things are not as they appear because a part of me just wanted to quit and hang in my spikes. And I just can't believe, you know, again, the limp I carry and, and how easily I can just fall off the wagon. Um, oh, God help me. And you know, when I quote that verse, among you stands one whom you do not see. God was in my brokenness and my weakness, and I—I I mean, I—if anything, I had a greater revelation of Him in the middle of all that. But that's not the way I want God to come. I want Him to come through, you know, EHDs exploding, you know, in Eastern Europe, and you know, and whatever, you know, and uh, but not really. It's like, no, Lord, you help me see You, uh, even as I move through His Advent season. In through, through, you know, yesterday I was in our small town. Our town, some people were singing music, and it was beautiful to help me see You in the miracle of life and. Uh, you know, Jerry's 95-year-old grandmother in the miracle of life and, and even, in, even in my earthen vessel, God, uh, and the people around me. So that's the first thing, just things are not as they appear. The kingdom of God is always little and small and slow. But the second is I, I, there's an invitation for here, on, 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 not just for Advent, but for us in the midst of the pandemic, us the, it, a, a, as leaders, because we can't control the sea that grows at its own pace and way. And that is that we, we would just let go of outcomes. In other words, we all have outcomes of what we're expecting and hoping to happen. We we want things to come out a certain way and that they don't. Uh, And our first work is surrendering uh, to God and in a sense, floating downstream in the river of his love versus swimming hard upstream and fighting. God initiates the seed and the power is in the seed of, of God. And it's growing God's way without human intervention. That's one of the points of the uh, the, of the parable of the of the farmer who day and night he's sleeping and it, it just is growing without human intervention. In other words, the seed God himself unleashes uh, forces that are we don't understand which operate in, in his sovereign purposes. And something is happening even if we can't see it. That's why striving and manipulation uh, is just, it's not the way God's kingdom is built. The zealots in Jesus' day, had to make something happen. Peter, it was a big thing with him. He just, for him to let go and surrender, so challenging. And so even the Garden of Gethsemane, after all that teaching, he's still cutting off ears. When Jesus tells him about the cross, he's saying, never, Lord, do you understand that this part of us, God must break it. Uh, he loves you and he loves me too much. And and so he invites us uh, in, the, in the way he, he even builds his kingdom on earth and the little and slowness of it that uh, to surrender to him. To be empty, as as the great Meister Eckhart says, we must be emptied of everything so that God can fill us and birth things in and through us. So what does that look like? You know, practically it, it means we're open to the unfolding of events and circumstances around us. We, we, we accept them. You know that we don't we don't attach to any goals or earthly experiences, but we trust that God's orchestrating all things for his good, for our good, his glory, and for the good of the world. Uh, and so we 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 yes we set goals yes we set direction for our lives and our ministries but yet we release attachment to any particular outcomes that's why the covid-19 it's okay we surrender lord you're doing something here i can't see it all in the big picture and so i'm engaged serving you actively lord and i'm passionate for that but there's a there's a healthy uh de- you know detached activism I like to call it we recognize i can't manipulate or predict what you want to do here uh and then I'm prayerful. I'm prayerful not to get I'm not I'm not trying to get everything I want. I'm surrendering, Lord, to your will. My will is your will. And uh I'm surrendering my rebellion and my self-will. And so uh that's why everyone I mean a great application here of the seeds of of God's ways are little and small, is you can be encouraged because the, the promise of Jesus over and over again is I will make all things new. You can be encouraged, I can be encouraged we can be encouraged as a church around the world, God will make all things new. That, that little mustard seed is, is going to become the larger than all the garden plants, it's going to put out large branches and all the birds of the air will make nests in its slate, in its shade. The point is, Jesus says, there's a certainty of the harvest. The day will come when the apparent obscurity the apparent weakness, the vulnerability is going to be replaced by glory and power. Just read the book of Revelation, how it ends. The certainty of Jesus. You may be in a storm, but you can rest assured, um, Jesus is going to say the moment, peace be still, and God will make all things new. And so we can relax, everybody. Uh, it's Our final application, we can just take a deep breath and relax in him. Again, what does Jesus say? When they asked Jesus, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus says there's only one work, and that is to believe in the one he has sent. And by that, he meant to relax, to be trusting in the one he has sent. Our work is to trust him. Our trust is to surrender to him. And like one commentator says, it means uh, to relax. One modern translation, to believe in Jesus or to trust in Jesus, is to relax in Jesus. Our work is to be trusting and relaxing in, in Jesus uh, letting ourselves be held by him regardless of the storms and circumstances in which we find ourselves. Again, 98 times it says in the in the gospel of uh, John, uh, I, he's written this invitation to trust in God, to believe in him, to, in Jesus. To, I, like, I like the word to relax. You know, take a deep breath, just relax in Jesus. The, God's kingdom, when things appear small and little, he's got it. And so all your greatest gift you can give those around you this Christmas is to to be in communion with Jesus and be like a John the Baptist. Among you stands one whom you do not know. And so to be still, so we're seeing Jesus around us, and you are incredibly significant. You're, you're you're called. You're you know people may even pass over you, but God's put you in an arena you know, and maybe a family, a marketplace. You're uh you, you, you know you're you're a leader you're a worker in the church you're called to create and shape and build community and push back the powers of evil and but but you are uh, as you've got these talents and gifts and you want to be good soil before him and this seed is explosive inside of you but my work first is to is to relax in him to be good soil receiving his word so it explodes in me 30 60 100 fold we won't even reckon ourselves when it, recognize ourselves when it's over um and I like what Parker Palmer says. If people skimp on their inner work, their outer work will suffer as well. And so our first work is him. So uh, let me invite you again. God's kingdom is slow. It's it's small, uh, but it's glorious and it will fill the earth. So uh, let me invite you again to send comments and questions to askpete at emotionallyhealthy.org and go with us to emotionallyhealthy.org slash lead. And again, you want to look at the Emotionally Healthy Discipleship course. Check out a free session there. But you want to go into 2021 and you want to be about the small and the little called discipleship and investing in yourself and your relationship with him first, out of which everything will flow. So God bless you, everybody. It's been great to be with you. I pray you have a wonderful day and a great Advent. God bless you.